Together. Hi. I'm Mike. I'm Carrie. And together we are Throwaway Lines. Lines. Question mark? That's our shtick. (laughs) So this week we thought we'd talk about something a little more fun, a little more lighthearted. Perhaps even spooky. And that is The The Nightmare Nightmare Before Before Christmas. Christmas. Which I can never spell correctly because I spell it the British way like a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So before we actually start talking about this epic movie, I figured I would ask you, Carrie, what are your plans for a Halloween costume this year? Well, I had a, I am that kind of nerd, so I actually had one picked out in January. Uh, of course so you did. <laughs> I had it very, uh, didn't realize what the year was going to turn out to be, uh, pandemic-wise, so I chose a uh, unicorn costume because I want to be Lady Rainicorn from Adventure Time. Um, I love it. <laughs> I just wanted to be, you know, full of rainbows and it's also a little pointy. <laughs> She's very good at defending what she needs. To. <laughs> and also, I actually have a cardboard box I've been saving because I'm that kind of grown up now, too, um, <laughs> for my Halloween costume uh, for an entire year. And it's the right size because she has a there's an episode where she is a voice decoder uh, because she speaks in Korean the mm-hmm. whole the whole kid show. Um, unless you turn the knob on this uh, voice decoder. And it'll either be like an old man or a creepy alien. So those are the options, which is very much a turnoff for her spouse. (laughs) I love it. I think that's a fantastic costume, and I cannot wait to see you in it. Well, hopefully. Well, I'll at least be taking a a picture, even if uh, (laughs) everyone's still distancing. distancing. (laughs) What were you thinking about? So I'm going to preface this with it's just for the kids, but every year I participate in a Harry Potter festival festival um and i shave my beard and dress up like snape from harry potter um so i have that costume packed away and i didn't get to wear it this year Mm. due to the pandemic so i will probably pull it out for halloween well and this is a is this the one in hamilton uh no no this is the one in yorkville oh yorkville New York. okay yes all right well I hope someday to see that. (laughs) That would be wonderful. (laughs) Yes, it is a lot of fun, I will say. Yeah. So today uh, we're doing Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, and I have a confession to make. Uh, Go on. Well, I actually didn't see this until college. Gasp! Well, it came out, I was five years old when it came out, so I really was the the, the key demographic for this. Or to a T, you could say. (laughs) Well, I've seen this movie enough times for both of us. Okay, good. So no worries in that department. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things. I think this, Titanic, and then Jurassic Park were all things that came out when I was in middle school and I just never saw in a timely manner, so... I'm going to speak for my our audience and say, shame on you. It wasn't my fault. My mom thought this one was going to be scary. <laughs> and Titanic with sex stuff. And Jurassic Park, I think, I think again, it was, she thought it would be scary. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I've got darkness in my soul. <laughs> I probably would have really dug this. Which, which kind of segues into what we were talking about earlier. Segues? Segues. Segues. <laughs> <laughs> into what we were talking about yeah. earlier, which is most people that absolutely adore this movie mm-hmm. tend to have a little bit of darkness in their soul. And I think uh, whether you're a Jack type or a Sally type, I think everyone's a little bit broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the beauty. 
Um, so, of course, the show is called Throwaway Lines, and it's been long enough. Let's bring up one of those fabulous lines from mm. the movie. Um, so, honestly, one of my favorite lines in the movie is, Oh, somewhere deep inside of these bones, an emptiness begins to grow. There's something out there far from my home, a longing that I've never known. And it, I think it really harkens to like a midlife crisis in yeah. Jack Skellington's life. There's this absolute lack of fun and a desire for something more, you know? I think it's a mid-death crisis just because uh, <laughs> everyone's dead in this. Uh, that's um, a really great point. <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of a strange premise for a children's movie to have it about a midlife crisis because you don't know about that. Like yeah. you're five or six or seven or eight. Um, this this should theoretically mean nothing to you, but I think everyone has that yearning for something they haven't yet experienced. Uh, so I think that kind of speaks universally, even if the specifics of the mid-death crisis uh, don't exactly resonate in the same right, way. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I think it's important to remember mm-hmm. that this is a Tim Burton movie. Yes. And of course, with all of his other work, it they tend to swing towards mm-hmm. a little childish right um but they have a lot more darker themes right. so i think it i think that's just you know one of the reasons why this movie works really yeah and yeah. actually i i did look it up because uh like i i felt like i was coming behind the eight ball a little bit just because this hasn't been a part of my life for as long as it has most other people mm-hmm. um so i actually did look up like the rotten tomatoes score which the critics one yeah could give a shit about that <laughs> so um the audience score i think this has been rated by um almost a million people as of the time that i pulled this off which is in the last few days and it has a 91 percent so wow. pretty much everyone likes it <laughs> yeah well it's a very very likable movie and i'm sure if you ask anyone walking down the street mm-hmm. if they'd ever seen it and if they like it they would tell you yes well they would probably accounts. tell you this is halloween this is halloween. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um i think for me i kind of uh i don't know i'm scared of the oogie boogie man even as a grown-up, so I totally... My mom might have been right, okay? <laughs> um, but I did come across some interesting things when I was looking up facts about this film, and that was that, I guess, uh, Dr. Finkelstein was actually supposed to, at one point in the process, be the Oogie Boogie Man mm-hmm. in disguise yeah. to, like, mess with Jack and Sally. That was very fascinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they pulled it out because of the issue of, like, morals and it being Halloween Town and things like that. Plus, I think the movie was complicated enough and they had to trim (laughs) some stuff down. As a matter of fact, in my research, Mm -hmm. I found out that at the end of the movie, there was supposed to be a scene of Jack and Sally Mm -hmm. years later with several skeleton children. I came across that as well. Yeah, (laughs) I thought that was really interesting because Mm -hmm. I grew up with this movie. I watched it from the age of, gosh, I don't even remember, maybe eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that would have been great to see that at the end. Yeah. But all in all, I think this movie is fantastic. I would give it a 91 just without even thinking. Right. So. I always feel bad for Sally. Um, Why is that? Well, not not in the end, I guess, but the whole rest of it, because I think there's a lot about power structures mm. in this film, which is, again, you know, you're, you're a kid, you're trying to make sense of the world, so it does make sense to have that in, even if you don't understand it at the time. There's a really funny line by the mayor, um, who is, of course, two-faced, which 
You can take away from that. (laughs) Because politicians. Too much um, on the nose. (laughs) I know. And and also the other nose. (laughs) But I do like, I do like the fact that when he's trying to like get Jack to like plan the next Halloween um, and he keeps like knocking on the door and then dropping shit and his face keeps going from like pleasant and like very calm and everything's going to be fine to like, fuck this. (laughs) I do respond to that on a personal level. But um, he has this line, which is, hilarious especially if you're old enough to actually catch it and it's jack please i'm only an elected official here i can't make decisions by myself (laughs) which is amazing that is a fantastic line um i think also uh the movie plays off of this childlike innocence that jack Mm. has um when he is essentially robbing Christmas right out from yes. underneath Santa Claus. I don't think he really understands no. what he's doing. Um, I think it, theft is fine in Halloween yeah. town. <laughs> but I also don't think that he understands that he's going to destroy it. And, right. and Sally has several premonitions, yes. which are expertly done in the film. But one of the lines that just makes me giggle every time I hear it mm-hmm. is towards the end of the movie. Um, Jack has successfully... Um, you know, had Santa Claus kidnapped, and now mm-hmm. he is going from house to house in the garb, delivering these strange <laughs> and torturous gifts to right. children. And the military catches wind and decides that they're going to shoot missiles yes. at the sleigh. <laughs> and Jack, being Jack, thinks that this is their way of mm-hmm. saying thank you. And he says that his line is, they're celebrating. They're thanking us for doing such a good job. And then is promptly shot out of the sky. <laughs> Which is really funny because if you think about it in America, there is the NORAD like Santa tracker every year. Right. This whole, which I think is what they're going off of. But how like horrifying that, would it be to really like <laughs> show video of them shooting Santa out of the sky? Even if it's a, even if it's a fake Santa. <laughs> a fake Sandy Claus. Santa's not fake. No, I'm saying the Sandy Claus. Jake's, Jack Skellington as Sandy Claus. Oh, yes. That He's Santa very Claus. fake. Yes. Yes. Um, and I also thought it was interesting that I never realized uh, Danny Elfman is singing all the music. Yeah. But then they also got another gentleman to do the voice. But they match up so well, you'd never know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And and to be honest, I watch. I've like I said, I've watched this movie so many mm-hmm. times, and I've never really looked at the credits, so oh, okay. I never knew that Danny Elfman uh-huh. was singing Jack's lines. Well, I guess Tim Burton just was like, well, I've I've heard you do it. There's there's no one else. It's very, <laughs> it's very Jack Skellington. Yeah. yeah. And um, actually, they did kind of create a faux Danny Elfman character in one of the musicians. Uh, I guess he's the one in the bass. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's the head in the bass. <laughs> Which is a lot of fun. So cool. Little Easter eggs. Love it. Yeah, well, no, and this isn't even about Easter. <laughs> <laughs> but the Easter Bunny does make a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, the world building is really just phenomenal. I think that's one of the main pe- reasons why people respond to this. Other than the having the dark and mysterious and dramatic and moody yes very moody well we were talking about this earlier i Mm. i I said to you why do you think so many people love this film and besides the fact that people who love it tend to have a little bit of darkness in their soul like i said i think it is the twisted sensibilities of the movie they take something that is meant for children both Mm -hmm. halloween and christmas is primarily for children i'm sure there are people out there who would argue this but (laughs) For the most part, it's for mm-hmm. children. And Tim Burton 
and Henry Selleck, the director, right. uh, has this wonderful way of taking those childlike things and yes. turning them on their head and making them really super dark. You but know? I think um, so much of what we consider childish, especially with our generation, we're in our 30s, yeah. so I think we're going to keep that stuff around. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in old, older generations there was a lot of shedding of that. Maybe they're revisiting some of those hobbies that they thought weren't cool anymore. But um, I think we are very much, we are going to be playing video games. We are going to watch anime. We are going to do all the things that we enjoyed when we were younger and just keep doing it because that's the joy in life. Just as long as we're not listening to the Backstreet Boys, I'm on board. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's, I think there's something special there. And I think this kind of brings us to one of your lines yes. that you uh, <laughs> that you had put into our document here is just because I cannot see it mm. doesn't mean I can't believe it. And I think that really defines the magic of this movie. Like I don't yeah. know, I don't think people really know why they love it so much. It's just that they love it, and that is right. the magic. You know? And I think Jack is interesting too because he is a figure of power. Um, yeah. even the mayor, the mayor in Halloween town is like, I just, I just want to call it, be called that. I, I literally don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack is the power behind the throne and everyone knows it, but he, he wants that, what he cannot have, of mm-hmm. course, because what would a protagonist be if they didn't long for something more? Of course. Of course. And, uh, him and Sally are very interesting foils for one another because you have, the powerful and the powerless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, I just feel so bad. The whole, the whole movie, I'm like, oh, this poor girl. <laughs> but there's a great dichotomy yes. there too yes. for Jack and Sally, where Jack mm-hmm. is someone who yearns for something more, even though he has already attained success. Right. And Sally just yearns for a normal life. Or freedom. Or freedom. Just not to be shut up with the crazy mad scientist that created her. Yeah, just a little weird. A little I weird. Mean, What's going yeah, on there? There's a lot of... Uh, for a children's movie, what is going on there's there? So many problem- <laughs> there's so many There's equally as many problematic things in any children's movie, if you if you go into that, too. I think um I was even playing a video game. It was like a Super Mario game, and I'm like... How rapey is the <laughs> like the Princess Peach Bowser and Mario dynamic? Like, it's so sketchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, with this whole like, it's I, I it does go back to like Pygmalion things like that in Greek mythology, where a man makes the vision of the woman that he wants to see in the world, and Ugh. and in Doctor Finkelstein's case, it he doesn't actually like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that maybe it is time for us to take a short break. All right. We'll see you guys back in a few minutes. And by see, I mean, we'll talk at you. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a favorite book, movie, TV show, play, or any other cool medium that you'd like us to explore, uh, you can send us an email to throwawaylines079 at gmail.com. That's throwawaylines079. 079 at gmail.com. Thanks for reaching out. Watch me riding by. I'm flying. 
what's this? What's this? We're back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so jumping right back into it. I have got to say, <laughs> before we get rolling again, yes, I have to bring up what we were just talking about. Um, the oh, yes. ma- the evil scientist's wife there at the end of the movie. Yeah. It's very creepy. Like it's so creepy. For those of you who haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. Go back yes. and watch this again. Listen, we are in September. October's right around the corner. It's mm-hmm. the perfect time. Any time is the perfect time. And also the ending on YouTube is like three minutes long. So right, You right. can watch the whole movie on YouTube. <laughs> it's all technically there. But you didn't hear that here. Yeah, there was, also, there was also a fascinating foreign language version, which I don't know what language it was, but it might have been like a Slavic one. It was, it was different. Watch that one for fun. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> anyway, yes. getting back to what we were talking about, his homemade, homemade wife Ugh. looks exactly like him, like yes. a female version of him. But taller. Taller and, and almost walk, yes. alien-like with yeah. big, like, lipsticked, puckered lips. And, like, she's, she's a rich lady... Yeah. Instead of Sally, who really does look I, like a Frankenstein monster, Frankenstein's I, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she's dressed. She dressed like a nurse. Ah, uh, she's dressed like a rich lady. Yeah, is that, she's got is a little. She's got a lot of swagger. Oh, there's pearls around. She's her got there. a hat. Yeah, she's very yeah, yeah, austere. Yeah. Just so strange, especially for a Disney movie. Which there's an interesting mm-hmm. fact. Um, uh, maybe you want to tell this. Oh. Are you talking about uh, the wardrobe and moves? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking about the fact that <laughs> Disney actually originally oh, yes. did not want to put their name on mm. the film. Now, as you all know, those of you who watch Disney films, um, Disney always opens up with the castle. and yep. the, They want to put their name on everything. Right. So <laughs> when they read the script and saw mm-hmm. some of the test footage, they decided, ooh, this is a little too dark and a little too scary, which is ironic because they Disney... Kill every parent in every movie <laughs> well, there's always that. a dead parent of course which is dark on its own but also disney went through a dark phase right. where they did some darker movies like dragon slayer and things mm-hmm. like that but um once so they put it under the uh, right. touchstone pictures title yes. card um but once the movie started making more money mm-hmm. they finally decided well heck yeah we're jumping on that bandwagon it's and slapped disney. their name all over it yeah <laughs> it's 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 a very conglomeration move oh, i yes. would say they yes, don't yes. want to be seen as associating with something that might not be their aesthetic oh, of course but their <laughs> aesthetic is also money making so then they put it back in <laughs> yeah, and now sora goes and visits halloween town in kingdom hearts so oh, the world is as it was meant to be <laughs> <laughs> um the the fact that i was going to mention was that uh I just learned about this actually from the Roger Ebert review from 1993 that apparently Jack Skellington is based off of Fred Astaire loosely, like a creepy inverted version of Fred Astaire. And that's why he's a very dapper gentleman. He moves well. He knows how to dance and strike a pose. Um, <laughs> I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. And the suit's pretty swanky. Yeah. It's it's goth as hell, but it's very swanky. <laughs> yeah, another interesting effect about the suit was mm-hmm. that it was originally going to be all black, but because there were uh, so many black backgrounds within the film, they had okay. to pinstripe the suit so that Jack stood out against all those blacks. Which is really, really handsome. I think the effect oh, is yes. very handsome. Yes. He's a very good looking skeleton. <laughs> also, 
also, just as a side note, did you know there was a stage show based on this movie? I did. I actually did come across uh, just uh, Jack's Lament for a few moments of yeah. a stage version. I would love to see the whole thing. But that, I, I have seen that very yeah. same video. Yeah. He, he really did look like the cartoon. Um, he was a very skinny, very tall man, so... And, and that, at least, uh, casting did a good job. Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. Check it out on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so if we want to get back into it, um, of course, the most iconic section, I think, of this this film is, uh, what's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? What's this? There's white things in the air. And that whole section. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Keep saying <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, that thrill of discovery, having never ventured out of Halloween Town, um, not really knowing that there was anything beyond Halloween Town, um, which really raises a lot of interesting questions about the auspices of this alternate reality. Yeah. Um, is everyone just blissfully unaware that anything else exists? I think, uh, especially in Halloween Town, they're also pre are, um, concerned with setting mm-hmm. up Halloween that maybe they don't really take the time to explore outside of their little town. But I'm wondering if the whole premise of having the trees in the wood that are all the different holidays, who created this? Why are they? I have so many questions. About who is the this. god of, who is of the, the god Nightmare of Before the, Christmas? Absolutely, because I guess it's Tim Burton. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean as far as like the internal structure, um, it's really interesting. Because I wonder, because like Santa, Sandy Claus, obviously knows that there's other things out there because he knows he goes and gets all the kids all the presents um but everything else seems a little bit up for uh debate there yeah and isn't ironic isn't it ironic that the people of halloween town Mm -hmm. don't prepare halloween for the children no it's just for themselves but it somehow makes its way out into the world in echoes and reverberations which is fascinating yeah that's really interesting to think about is it like a monsters inc kind of thing do you think maybe like um because they're talking about being under your bed or the i'm the monster behind the stairs and then the creepy snaky arms Oh, yeah, actually with spiders in my head. Yes, yes. So is it something where there is some sort of cross-dimensional aspect to their their town, but they're not really aware that the other things that they're interacting with are real or they don't care that they're real? Whoa, are we, like, overanalyzing this movie? Yeah, but I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. I think uh, if Monsters, Inc. did what it did for kind of thinking about the intersection of, like, the horror world and the human world, world, I think... This paved the way, so I, I yeah. Feel like I wonder it's if they were track. almost. I I wonder if they were almost inspired by it. I would I would imagine so, especially just kind of looking at um, successful children's movies, and it's there's something for everyone. Yeah. Again, kids don't go through midlife crises. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or so, mid death crises for that. Mid death crises, of course. So there's another interesting cadence of lines in a song that Sally sings that I think is very interesting and telling to both her character and the dichotomy between Jack and her that I had brought up earlier. She sings, I sense there's something in the wind that feels like tragedies at hand, and though I'd like to stand by him, can't shake this feeling that I have. The worst is just around the bend, and does he notice my feelings for him? And will he see how much he means to me? I think it's not to be. And what's really interesting is that throughout the film, Sally has a couple instances of these premonitions Mm. of 
seeing the effect that Jack will have on the Christmas holiday by him essentially stealing it from Santa Claus. He's a plagiarizer. He really is, (laughs) yes. But what is interesting to me is that Sally is the powerless character here. We can both agree on that. Oh, absolutely. But in a sense, she's also the most powerful. Because she is the observer. She is the observer, and she can also Mm -hmm. see what's going to happen before it actually happens. And I think Jack, because of his position, is never really one to think of what are the implications if I do this he doesn't have a responsibility because the morals in Halloween town are pretty loose a little muddied Uh, a little muddied (laughs) because your whole thing is being diabolical and like clever and scary and freaking out people so (laughs) I think uh stealing is not necessarily a bad thing although he does seem to have like put the oogie boogie man in his place yeah everybody seems to despise oogie boogie for what he does so there is this strange there what is the morality of morality list town yeah that's interesting we're (laughs) (laughs) grown-ups but again that harkens back to the innocence of jack but also the the foolhardiness of Mm -hmm. jack because he is the pumpkin king right he's done this for so many years he he feels like no matter what he touches it's going to be magnificent it's right. just he wants more, so by stealing Christmas, he thinks that's going to be magnificent and something different for him. And it was really funny upon rewatching this. Um, I did not, even when I was in college, clock the fact that Jack's, one of his many nicknames, is indeed Bone Daddy. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bone Daddy. And yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, the guy is... with the saxophone says yes. it, actually. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, that's a, again, children's movie. well even in this modern age children's movies they tend to have those little winks and nods to the adults in the audience you know maybe a little sexual innuendo or something yeah Um, just to keep everybody entertained yeah yeah (laughs) and this movie i mean even at an hour and 16 minutes Mm -hmm. which is so short but it's so packed it's so so entertaining (laughs) like i I have watched this movie Mm -hmm. literally probably 900 times through my life you know shared it with family members shared it with friends got me to rewatch it yeah (laughs) yeah um but i just i think this movie is timeless i think it will be around Mm -hmm. for a very long time and i think people will continue to love it forever this is my question is this a christmas movie or a halloween movie oh this is hotly debated (laughs) yes yes and what i will say i will be uh sweden Mm -hmm. here oh it is both I think so, too. It is absolutely both. And anybody who says different is lying to themselves (laughs) because Christmas in the film is exemplified perfectly Mm. with the joy of the elves making toys and Santa Claus and his boisterous laugh. And uh, Santa Claus, Sandy Claus. I always have to call him Sandy Claus when we're talking (laughs) about this movie. Sandy Claus. Yes. Um... (laughs) He he is getting kid, kidnapped, <laughs> or indeed Santa napped, and um, he is talking to his assailants and asks them, Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? And Locke, Shock, and Barrel say, No! <laughs> <laughs> Which is just amazing. It is amazing, <laughs> and it's truly indicative of... I think our times lately, within the past hmm. 10 or 15 years... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's humanity. I think there's usually some sort of war. There's some sort of culture war or actual war or horrible thing. So I think there are always lock, shock, and barrels yeah. out there 
waiting to ruin the wrong person's day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is kind of funny to to have Sandy Claus get kidnapped in this way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Santa Claus. Yeah. And described as a giant red lobster in the film, which I think is hilarious. I guess he could be. He's Sandy yeah. Claus. He's I Sandy just, Claus. Yeah, again, the innocence, the way that Jack misinterprets mm-hmm. everything he comes across in well, Christmas Town. It also seems more of a trick if you're going the trick or treat route. If yeah. It's a, if it's yeah. a lobster instead of a, you know, huggable. Jolly red man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I know. It's a great film. It really is. And if you haven't seen it, please, please, please do yourself a favor and go out, rent it, watch it on uh, Disney Plus, I believe. I believe so. Um, I did not check that part. But it is on YouTube. If you don't have a subscription, yes. it, it does exist. Yes. <laughs> Um, I believe the version I watched on YouTube was a little truncated, but yes. and you will get the essence of the movie and you yeah. will fall in love and want to rent it or buy it. It's just fantastic. There are libraries, too, um, for whom lending has resumed normal operations. So Thank God. support your local <laughs> libraries if you can. Um, it's always really important. And, you know, going back to the Rotten Tomatoes score, nearly a million people can't be wrong that That's this right. is a good film. That's right. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, obviously you trust us, even if only a little bit. And uh, there's a goth goth kid in your soul somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. So please do yourself a favor. And um, if you want to talk to us or give us suggestions about what to cover, um, you can hit us up on Twitter. We're throwaway lines with a question mark. Or email us, uh, throwawaylines079 at gmail.com. And we'll be checking that. Yes, (laughs) please, please send us your suggestions. We're open to anything, uh, whether it be books, movies, plays, even video games. games. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, both of us are gamers, so we totally understand video games are an art form, too. And it's a really compelling storytelling method. Um, Actually, this summer, with the new uh, Final Fantasy uh, version that came out into the universe. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Respect. Yes. yes. <laughs> but I had, never, I had never known about anything Final Fantasy. Oh, we will be talking about this after know, the podcast is over. But I will say, um, <laughs> I really I really enjoyed watching it. Um, there was a streamer, and every night he would do another section of the game and play through it. And I, it was like my stories. I was like, I need to know what happens next. So my boyfriend was thrilled. Yeah. Because he's obviously been obsessed with this for forever. Um, but it really, it was a really interesting thing to to see come to life in segments that way. Um, because we're all going to have fun buying a PS5. Right. Because it's right. on the four and then you need the five. So <laughs> like the... I watched a stream of the girl who played Eris's voice. Yes. Uh, and she, when she first heard herself speak for the first time, oh. she cried, and I cried. It oh, was just so moving. that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so really, anything is fair game as long as it's something that we can close read. So hit us up, and we love you. <laughs> <laughs>